0: Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Hello, and welcome to MotorWeek podcast number 23. Thanks for joining us. Today in the studio, I'm joined by our road test producer, Brian Robinson. Hello. Our writer, Shami Choksi. Hey, John. And associate producer, Ben Davis. Hello. And coming up on uh, this uh, podcast, we'll have our lightning round and our MotorWeek mailbag. But first, we're going to take a look at two upcoming tests on MotorWeek. First... It's become very hip to be square in the automotive industry. Everybody knows that the Scion XB tapped into a market that no one knew was there for uh, an affordable boxy uh, subcompact or compact car that became really kind of a cool badge of honor among a lot of the younger buyers. And now we've been joined by two other vehicles, the Kia Soul and also the... uh, odd-looking Nissan Cube, which has been on sale for J- in Japan for quite a while. So what we now have is sort of like the battle of the Cubics for not only younger buyers, but I think people looking for small cars that get good fuel economy but are still very spacious on the inside. So on MotorWeek, we have put the Cube, the Soul, and the Scion XB up against each other. And that's what we're going to do here as the first topic on our roundtable today. Who would like to start the uh, the Cubic conversation? Ben? Dun, dun, dun. Dun.
1: I am a Scion XB guy, and I have been even since the uh, first generation came out. Um, the the pre- The current generation is I'm all about it. I'm, the Kia Soul would be my second favorite out of that uh, three car lineup. Why?
0: Why? W- why would you? What? What pros or cons does the Soul have the, against the Scion?
1: Yeah, the reason I choose the XB over the, the Soul is. Um, the uh, I like the squareness and simplicity of the XB, and I think the um, I think the soul has it's got a a, a unique a, a unique shape to the cube. It it has a, a really a really uh, different appeal to it than the the Scion. It's it's more streamlined and it's more sporty looking. But
0: so it's less of less of a cube. It, anyway. It's less
1: of a cube. It's it, it's a stylish cube, if you will. But. Uh, I got to go to the to what I feel is the originator for the U.S. market. Right, but, the XB. All right, but so
0: how does how does I'm going to keep you on the spot here? How does then the um, uh, the Nissan the, fit the, into that? The Nissan. Uh, here we have a small car that's kind of a blend of the the mm-hmm. angles, the squareness of the XB, but a little right. bit of the roundness of the uh,
1: of the soul. Uh, the Nissan. I mean, I definitely would recommend it for somebody that's interested in, in a in a cube like vehicle, but for me. I just try to spend as little time as I can in it, actually. It's a little too much dash out front for me. Hmm. It just feels like I'm driving most of the cars out front, and it's got that weird offset feeling to to me. Maybe that's a good word for it. Okay, Shimi. How well,
2: about you? All three vehicles are obviously they're, they're cubes, and by definition or by nature, a cube is a very efficient shape. So I think they all offer a lot of interior room, spaciousness, more than you would even see standing on the outside. I think for me, it comes down to a, a matter of style. Um, Though uh, driving is a different thing, too, and I, I'm, I really am partial to the Scion f- on the driving side. But style-wise, I can't stand the Cube. I can't stand looking at the Cube. <laughs> uh, I bring, you Tell know, us what
0: you really think, yeah,
2: it's uh, And then on the opposite <laughs> but, but side, yeah, well, whats it about well, the Cube it's I, that gets it's, you? It's, 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 it's cartoonish. It's, it's cartoonish, but more than that, it just comes down to eye of the beholder. I mean, I look at the Kia Soul, and I'm like, man, that thing's really cool-looking. And then I look at the cube and I say, I don't want to be within 50 feet of that thing. So why? It's, I think it's just taste, you know. Um, but I'm hearing that about the cube over and over again. Uh, you know, we obviously all bring mm-hmm. these vehicles home. We like to talk to our neighbors, see what they, they think. My neighbors have been telling me to park further down the street with the cube. <laughs> So they tend to agree with me. I but the Soul I really feel good about the Scion I think also I feel really good about and from a driving from the driving perspective I think the Scion is is the best of the three.
3: Brian, uh, I'm going to pick the Soul as my favorite. It's, uh, <clears throat> I think the most fun to drive. I don't know. I like the looks of it. I like the the interior is quirky but not not quite as offensive as as some of the others. Um, I'd say the XB would be a a close second. Although the Cube is growing on me, it doesn't stand out quite as much as it did. As there's more of them on the road, so I don't feel like quite the oddball driving it around as I did. And it's it is fun to drive. The Cube is. But I have to say, I'm going to actually give some. I like the Soul and I like the new
0: generation XB as well. But I actually the Cube is growing on me a lot because I like. I felt like I had better visibility out of it than the other two. Uh, I felt like I actually see it a little higher. Uh, I feel like the interior is a little more useful in the way that it's configured. And all in all, if I was picking one of the three, it would be in the running. I I probably would end up, frankly, with the Soul as my choice because it's a little Mm. sportier looking, uh, even though I I like the new Generation XB. But I wouldn't count the Cube out because I was very impressed with its highway performance. It doesn't seem to get blown around uh, on the um, interstates very much. And I like the visibility. Now, one thing I didn't like in the Cube is I felt the seats, the edges of the seats are totally soft. So you feel like you're falling off an overstuffed piece of furniture. So that would be the only thing I would probably fix. I do have a question. Anybody figure out, is there any practical use to the rug on the top of the dash? Still no.
1: I enjoy vacuuming it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> kind of a stress reliever. You can kind of rub your fingers through there it.
1: There you like go, stress
2: reliever. Well, I mean, That's a good one. The logical thing is you think it's for a cell phone. But as soon as yeah, you go it, around a it, turn, it, the cell phone goes flying down yeah, the dash. Uh, so Nissan,
0: doesn't, Nissan says it's basically there for looks. Yeah. yeah and, and it is different. But it's a very different little vehicle. It's, of course, uh, high quality. And uh, you know their powertrains are very good. It's got a uh, CVT transmission in it
3: the rear door is it a gate or a door Uh, that this
0: it's cube is a it's a door opens to the side
3: yeah Yeah, and i I, like that and
0: i sometimes Uh, don't like it but on the cube it seems to work
3: yeah not a big fan of that i prefer you know more like a hatch yeah yeah
0: all right let's move right along now to a a car of a totally different uh, shape and color and that's the 2010 Buick Lacrosse. Now, let me just set this up. Lacrosse has been the name that um, Buick has used for its midsize sedan for some time. Uh, the, la- the first Lacrosse was a very handsome car, but it was quite conservative. This is an all new car. It was actually unveiled as the Invicta concept in uh, China, and it was actually designed by Asian designers because Buick is the number one brand in China. Uh, This is a totally different car. It is a front and all-wheel drive uh, V6-powered car. It is quite striking in its appearance uh, very different interior for buick very different all the way around from recent buicks i think except it probably now is is being seen as a, a partner to the enclave which has been their very successful uh crossover utility with that setup comments about the 2010 buick lacrosse who wants to start Ben, you're the least likely Buick buyer. Why don't you start?
1: <laughs> that could have been that could have been true at one point, but actually, I'm uh, I'm definitely a Buick buyer now. Um, the let let me preface by saying it's an exciting time for American cars in general, um, and this Buick is no exception. It's stunning from the outside. Now that uh, having said that, um, the interior design is great, but there are some things I'd like to see GM get on the ball with, and that would be um, texture choices and things that uh, shouldn't be shiny or always shiny, things like that, little things that they could uh, step up to make the interior as good-looking as the exterior. Um, I did also have a little problem with the, uh, the A-pillars on this particular model, they they are un, unusually large and they tend to get in my way. Thick, in, thick. They're they're pretty thick.
0: And and the windshield is very swept back, so you've got a lot of a pillar windshield pillar.
1: And it's not a big deal on the highway, um, but in parking lot situations and in tight city traffic where you have to keep an eye on pedestrians and stuff, it's easy for them to get lost in that a pillar.
0: Brian, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> somebody take the mic.
2: Um, so. They, okay, so I'm glad we have the A-pillars covered. I think the car is uh, its stunning. It's a new direction for Buick. It's a younger direction. I think you and I talked about this. Uh, the one thing that meaning I wish— me. uh, Yeah, uh, meaning John, right? Um,
0: no pic- wish we don't have pictures here, you know?
2: Right. I wish they had— I wish they had not come back with the name. I wish they would maybe kept it Invicta. Yeah, me too.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. When I saw the Invicta, I thought, that's an old Buick name for folks that are not familiar with it. But I thought, what a great way to start such a a dynamic new car. It's a whole new car. But they didn't want to they felt like they had good name recognition. I'm just not sure whether they made the right choice.
3: I was impressed with the lacrosse. I haven't spent a whole lot of time in it yet but uh, definitely the styling. uh, I wouldn't say it blew my mind but uh, (laughs) it was definitely, uh, it's a striking exterior and you know I think it is different enough to have a different name.
0: Uh, Somebody saw me on the road and said it looked a lot like a Toyota Camry and I thought well that's really an odd thing to say but if you actually look at the profile it it does sort of remind you of the greenhouse of of a Camry Camry. But beyond that, very elegant, the the Buick Waterfall grill done in a more modern way. I was blown away by the interior. I agree with with Ben about some of the grains. But otherwise, the stylishness, that floating center stack, I thought it was probably the most beautiful interior that General Motors has ever done. And um, I will admit that I actually drive a an enclave. And so, you know, when you took a, them side by side, it looks like the second successful punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buick's going to be expanding its product line. They've got more uh, CUVs coming. They're going to have the first plug-in hybrid for General Motors. Uh, so they're in the process of redoing uh, their showroom. And I think the La LaCrosse is going to be their biggest car. So this is like a uh, a larger than normal midsize car, but it's going to be their new. Uh, uh, eventually, it will be their biggest car. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, but a dynamic new direction for Buick, I think. No anybody doubt. else got no anything no. you want to comment? Uh, oh, very quiet. They hit it out of
1: the park with yeah. that one. I agree. Yeah. With you.
3: yeah, you constantly hear every time you someone redoes the car. You know, they're going after a younger buyer, and usually, I'm not sure I can buy into the hype, but this one definitely. It's definitely different, and uh, I think a new direction for Buick. Well, let, me, let me put you on the spot. If okay. you had a choice
0: between this or an ES Lexus, what do you think?
3: Uh, it's been a while since I've been in uh, an ES Lexus. Yeah, the, uh, the bottom Lexus car. Yeah, sedan. I would take the Buick over the
1: ES.
0: Any I, other? I would have to agree. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's I, unanimous. I would
1: paint mine black and put Grand National badges on it. Though. Well, you <laughs> know, there's,
0: there's a new Regal coming, and there's rumors that there will be a Grand National, so we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. To that okay let's move along now to our motor week lightning round and michelle parker is standing there with the bell on the ready and we have a couple of minutes uh, two minutes to debate this okay speaking of general motors they are the first automaker to formally link up with ebay to sell new cars is this a good idea would you buy a car from ebay on the internet who wants to start
3: Uh, I'll start. I'm kind of old school. I mean, I like to go on the Internet and look, and I would buy a used car perhaps uh, from a private party or something like that on eBay. But brand-new cars, uh, I'm not sure I want to do that. But why? Why? Uh, I just like to go in and talk to the salespeople. You like to haggle. Yeah, a lot of people think that's a hassle, but, you know, I go in there, and you always know more about the car than what they do. And uh, it's just good to talk to him, try to get a good deal, and uh, play one dealer against the, the other. And uh,
2: Brian likes to make him feel stupid. <laughs> well, I'm not serious sure about that,
3: but uh, Brian makes I us just, all feel stupid. From I time just, to en- time. you know, I just enjoy the the physical contact of going in and you know buying a car.
0: The, I should point out that a lot of auto dealers have been selling uh, new cars on eBay up to now, but this is sort of formalizing the process, and the dealer is still involved. I mean, the, the test program involves 90 California dealers, and when they take it nationwide, you'll still go to the dealer to sign the papers and drive the car and, and and drive away. But this sort of puts everything under a GM-sponsored umbrella, and the dealers have to follow certain rules. So they can't basically, I guess they can't, less opportunity to welch on the deal, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Ben, your comments.
1: I think trying to reinvent the sales procedure is is genius, and I think it's a great move. Uh, for the longest time, uh, consumers can go online and get all the information they they care to get about a new car and arm themselves before they go in. But that doesn't change the fact that once they get there, it's the worst situation they ever want to be in is is dealing with a dealer and haggling. And, and this takes all of that out of that. You can um, They can buy the car online. And I think it might open up the floodgates for people who might ordinarily be too uh, maybe shy to, to deal like that. Is there bidding at all or is it just straight yes, up? Yes, there's b-
0: both. You'll be able okay. to do an as—there'll uh, be a discounted price that you can, you know, buy now or you can
1: do an auction. Yeah, or you can you can place your maximum bid, and, right. and they like, but if if they're not going to let
3: you walk away with like if, some ultimate deal, though. I'm sure that right.
1: If you're, uh, I don't know. No, go ahead.
2: I'm just saying, if you're a leery shopper like me, uh, who uh, I, I I'm nervous about anything that I buy on the internet. So something as large as a car, it's just not going to happen.
0: But you can't sign the papers on the internet. <laughs> so and it's, yeah, it's yeah,
2: still a brand yeah. new car from a dealer. It's, yeah, this
0: is not a used car. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's a bold move, and GM needs to do a bold move in order to get some younger people back in the showrooms and show the people that people are going a, concerned. Can I bid on a Volt yet? Uh, a I, it's going to be about a year from now. You'd probably be able to uh, bid on a Volt. <laughs> and my gosh, that's, that's, they're going to be expensive enough that people are going to want to bid on them. Mm-hmm. Think, okay, uh, Michelle has rung the bell, so we must move on to our MotorWeek mailbag. If you've got a question you'd like to have answered on a future podcast, not this one, of course, visit us at MotorWeek.org, and uh, you submit your question. Uh, if it uh, falls out of the bag, uh, we'll get, send you a free MotorWeek T-shirt. Ooh. Ooh. ooh! ooh. 100% so finally cotton. got 100% cotton. Pre-shrunk. Right. Pre-shrunk. I shrunk. bet. Sure.
1: <laughs> I shrunk it already. I
0: shrunk it already. I <laughs> wore it and shrunk it. All right, here comes the question from Rick. It's been a long time since most U.S. consumers consumers, have seen a Fiat in a showroom. Please help us with some insight into the relative quality level and value of Fiat now that they have purchased Chrysler and will soon be marketing Fiat vehicles in the United States, probably under Chrysler badges. Okay. Um, Here's the deal. Fiat now owns Chrysler. Uh, lots of stuff in the press about future Chrysler products. Some will be unique to Chrysler. Some will be rebadged Fiat products. We really don't know all the details yet. But with Fiat's uh, old reputation, which being the oldest person sitting here, I can tell you back in the 60s and 50s, it was basically one of, you know, great looking cars, fun to drive, but they were always in for repairs. Uh, Fiat today, very different company. But having said that, impressions around the table about Fiat coming back to America through Chrysler?
3: Can I buy one on eBay? Probably <laughs> will be
0: able to. Uh,
3: I don't think anybody expects the quality of today's cars to be the same as the 60s and 70s. I think everyone knows that every brand's moved on since then. So I don't think anybody legitimately thinks they're going to be the same, fix it again. Uh, old impressions
1: run deep, though. Uh, and there's
0: been a lot of stuff on the, on the Internet and in some of the magazines and uh, uh, some of the periodicals talking about, you know, poor quality in Europe. But in reality, uh, Fiat's are probably not considered or not considered, I can definitely say that, as the best made vehicles in Europe. But they are well made. Are uh, they considered an economy car in Uh They are a considered a full or? line brand that is fully competitive with people like Volkswagen and Renault. Uh, they sell a lot of cars, admittedly, more in probably Italy than any other country. But they do make uh, their Uno, which is a, a huge hit in Europe right now, and that's one of the cars that will be coming here, their tiny little uh, uh, Uno to give the smart car some competition. I, simply in defense, and I say that their cars are considered to be comparable quality to a lot of other mass-produced cars in Europe, and probably that's the way it will be here. But they do have this cloud
2: over them from
0: the past.
2: Well, you know, also they're a huge parent company that owns all these exotic. Well, they Italian own Ferrari, Ferrari you own know, right. Alfa Romeo. So you would think that they, that would also change as it, as Fiat moves into American consciousness. People make those connections. And draw I mean, our first show for season twenty nine is we're, we're covering an Alpha, the A T C Competition, and that is a Fiat, and that's going to blow Ooh. everybody's minds when say they see say that again show.
0: for me. Yeah, he did pretty well with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I practiced my Italian at home in front of a mirror. No, I don't. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that's what it comes down to. I mean, and speaking of Alpha, which is Fiat, which is a Fiat company, I mean, they've been out of the country since – they've been out of the U.S. since 95. This car, this exotic car that's coming is supposed to break the ice and allow Alpha to come back in with um, some more mainstream offerings. That's what they're talking about. Which so, were
0: always, like yeah. Fiats, you know, wonderful cars to drive, but, you know, very uh, temperamental. Right. I, I personally think these are very smart people that own Fiat, and they're very smart people in Detroit that are going to be engineering the cars. And uh, you know, I, I'm really not concerned about it. I personally think it uh, opens up the U.S. car market to some very interesting vehicles, especially on the uh, smaller end that we have not had before. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's very crowded. Market Adler,
3: it's going to be hard to bring a new brand in.
0: Yeah, so most of them will carry the Dodge brand, you know, or the Chrysler brand or the Jeep brand. Uh, so, you know, I don't think we're going to see, I don't think the Fiat brand is going to be uh, that big a deal. I think it's going to be more their designs will be underpinning a lot of uh, new Chrysler products. so we'll see so all right very good well that brings to an end this motor week podcast i want to thank everybody for joining us today and thank uh test road test producer brian robinson for his comments
3: my pleasure john our
0: writer shamit choksi thanks john and our associate producer ben davis thank you and for jim bigwood our audio engineer for making sure that you can hear us at home Uh, our podcast creator bob mixture as always and producer michelle parker the bell lady. I guess that's going to stick, the bell lady. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you'll join us next time for more MotorWeek. You have been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org.
1: Watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.